Before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Are you looking for a new adventure? Did you ever want to visit the city where all your nightmares reside? Well, you're in luck. Join us, your tour guides, Christine and Jen, to visit Nopeville, where you will be personally escorted on an all-inclusive trip through the city and see all possibilities of terror and fright. You'll see all sorts of things on your tours, including, but definitely not limited to, the paranormal, true crime, the supernatural, and more. If you're into all that and enjoy a little dark humor, book your tour today and nope right along with us. Check us out on our website at nopevillepodcast.com to see where you can listen to Nopeville today. Hello, friends and enemies. It's time for Perhaps It's You, your favorite Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Samantha. I'm very excited about today's episode. Okay, me too. This episode was good. Like, for this one goes out to all of you folks complaining about how we always complain about Unsolved Mysteries because every once in a while there's a good episode and we like it. And today is the day. Today's the day. I'm I'm so I'm so pumped. But okay, before we get to that though, are, do we have any updates? I don't really, but I know we. I mean, we collectively have one very important update that you're going to talk about. I know, and I'm excited about that too. Okay, so our first update is really more of an announcement, which is that we're now going to have a Teespring store for merch. I know, I know. You're all so excited. You just like fell off your chairs. You're like, what? <laughs> We've got merch. I'm super excited. I know. It's very exciting. So we're starting with two posters. Um, one is an illustration of Robert Stack by a friend of the pod, Brian Duffy. You may have seen this image before. If you're a super duper mystery solver, you got a print. Um, but now you can get a giant poster of Robert Stack smizing. In mysterious fog, it's really good. Like you've always wanted. It's a good, you're gonna want the one other is. poster. It. I mean, who wouldn't? It's really. It has like really good, um, like basement vibes. Mm. I think. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a section of your basement with a beanbag chair, you definitely need this poster. Um, and then the other one is an illustration of me and Samantha as cackling birds. Yeah, you know you. It's actually it's really cute. Super cute. It's so cute. It's really cute. I adore this illustration. Yeah, uh, a listener, LM Patterson, I believe is their name, uh, made it for the zine, and we liked it so much that we did we did a little business, and now we're gonna have it on stuff. So that's really exciting. We got samples of the posters. They're super nice. They come on like really thick, um, nice paper. It's almost like. It has a like um wallpaper nice. thickness to it. So it's not like gonna, gonna You sent me a really easily. good video. It was kinda like a reveal of the Robert Stack poster. Maybe we'll put that on Instagram so you can see <laughs> the quality. Because you can tell that there's good quality from just from the video. Yeah. It's very exciting. So we're gonna have those items up first for sale and then we're gonna be adding more things as we go. We just wanna make sure that everything like looks good and it's of good quality and whatever so we're waiting on a few samples but um the posters are available now if you want to find the link for that go to our website perhaps com, and then under merch i'll have a link to that store um we wanted to start doing this for a few reasons one is that 
even though I love having stuff locally made, like we've done with the tote bags, and I hope we're going to continue to do stuff like that. But uh, it is hard for everybody that wants it to get it. Um, So that's one issue. The other issue is that there is currently a pandemic. (laughs) Uh, And I wanted to do posters, but also... I don't want to go to the post office every single time with just because I can't just drop a poster tube in the mailbox. I would have to go to the post office every single time. And that just doesn't feel really safe right now. And then the other thing is, I think this is going to be a much more affordable shipping option for people who don't live in the United States. And I know that can be kind of an issue when you're like, oh, I'll pay just as much for the shipping as I did for the item. That's really fun. Um, So this is print on demand. So I think it's going to be. And it's, you know, it's for a big company. So I think it'll be a little bit more of an affordable shipping option. And we're going to try to have T-shirts and mugs and other stuff available by the time it gets to, like, holiday shopping time. Because, of course, I mean, who wouldn't want a cackling has to stop mug in their stocking? Oh, I think you're going to want one. They're really, like, it looks really cute on a mug. It looks really cute on a shirt. We just are getting some samples so we know that, like, I don't know. We don't want to sell you like crap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to be poor quality, um, which I don't think it will be, but it's good for us to just like get a feel for it. So we're going to roll these out and we'll update you as more items become available. But I know like people have been requesting merch for a long time and I think it's, this is going to be good. I think people, will re- I think, you know, people are going to really like it. Yeah. And there's kind of a limit of how much we can do just the two of us. So I think this will help us have some like other merch options without me trying to keep hundreds of mugs somewhere in my home uh, <laughs> that's not really yeah that's not a super great option right now um okay so to celebrate that since we are really excited we're gonna do a giveaway of the robert stack poster it's gonna be on instagram so i'll start it the day that this comes out this episode comes out and you'll have a week to enter and it's just a like you know comment follow whatever thing There'll be the rules on there. Um, so that's just going to be through Instagram. And because uh, I know not everybody has, you know, money to spend on cool Robert Stack posters right now. So uh, if that's your situation, hopefully you can win one and you can still have all the glory. <sighs> it's so good. I'm so excited. It's really exciting. It feels, you know, we're big time now. We've got like a little merch store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's so official. It's like things people did like immediately and we were just like, mm, I don't know. Like it's taken us years. But um. Oh, our other thing is we have a third Facebook group. That's how legit we are. We have another <gasps> oh, we Facebook have spinoff group, which is for books. So wait, let me make sure I get the whole name right here. I think it's perhaps it's you that wants to see oh, the book I'm yes, reading. Right you're right. Now, or something perhaps like it's you that wants to see what book I'm reading. So that's the other spinoff group. And it's just for what people are reading or books that we've talked about on the podcast or just books. Just book love. So um, if that is of interest to you, if you have not quit Facebook quite yet, be sure to join. Go over there and join. I really want to hear what books people have lined up for spooky season. I've got a few uh, reserved at the library, but I've got there's a few weeks before I'm going to get them. And so I'm kind of in between books right now and I kind of want something spooky. So people should oh. let me know, you know what you're reading. Uh, I want, yeah, I want your uh, spooky TBRs go over and join our group great idea okay i feel like i can't wait any longer to talk about this episode let's jump right in i'm excited this is a really good episode this is season five episode 23 
And you can find this on YouTube, ad-free. I think if you watch it on Amazon, you have to sit through a bunch of ads. It's on that Pluto thing. I, I don't know. It's out there. You can find it if you want it. Okay. So I get the first mystery, which is classified as an unexplained death, which, I mean, it's the death of a lot of people. <laughs> it's kind of a weird way to ca- – I guess they didn't have a uh, another category for this, but – category for air disaster but it's considered an unexplained death so this is about the 101st airborne unit of the army and the crash that happened on december 12 1985 so this resulted in the death of 284 248 soldiers who were all killed instantly in this crane crash uh, it was at the time the single worst fatality in U.S. military history. I did not look it up to see if that is still the case. But um, so this was officially ruled an accident due to ice on the wings of the aircraft. But many of the victims' families and some key investigators disagree. So the story of this flight is that it left Cairo, Egypt, on a chartered plane. It was the final destination was in Kentucky, and it stopped for refueling in Gander, Newfoundland, Canada. And crashed less than an hour after takeoff, killing literally everyone on board. So um, right after the crash, the U.S. consulate in Algeria was called by Islamic jihadi terrorists that claimed credit for the disaster. However, the U.S. military quickly discounted terrorist involvement, saying that it was due to ICE. Four of the investigators of the crash, however, dissented, saying that there was a small explosion on the plane. Now, they weren't saying it was necessarily terrorism, like that could be an equipment thing, but they were saying there was an explosion. It wasn't just ice. Everybody else said it was ice. Um, so they were saying there was a there was an explosion. We just don't know whether or not that was like purposely orchestrated or not. One of the things pointed to to as evidence that there was an explosion was that the aircraft was completely destroyed and there were no large parts left. So um, according to someone that we hear from um, in, in a crash that would be from ice or some sort of like takeoff failure, usually the crash would still have like large parts of the airplane. Like there would be the tail or in some wings and whatever. But in this case, everything was exploded and burned. Also, there were no survivors, which is also not what you would expect if it had been from ice. Um, And we're also told that it's unlikely the fuel tank exploded because it had just been filled up. So there wasn't room in the tank. There wasn't oxygen left in the tank um, for an explosion. Um, so we learned a little bit more about the takeoff. We learned that the passengers had to wait eight hours for a larger plane to arrive in Cairo. And despite this, much of their luggage was left on the tarmac to make room for some large wooden crates. So the speculation is that maybe one of these crates could have contained a bomb. We hear from an eyewitness from the crash site uh, named Harvey Day. He was a rescue worker and... (sighs) I'm not entirely sure what he was doing there. It seemed like he was just wandering around <laughs> uh, asking questions. I don't really know. But the reenactment, we see him come over to an area that the military is blocking off. And he was like, oh, I just want to see like what's over here. And they're like, no, you're not allowed to. And what he saw behind them was five large wooden boxes and neatly stacked, stacked arms, such as rifles, missiles, and and 
I can't say this word today. And you ammunition boxes. Okay. He also day. Okay. So this guy also recalls that there was one spot of the fire that kept flaring up that the firefighters would put it out and, but then it would immediately start up again. So there was some sort of fuel that was, um, keeping that fire going and not being put out by water. So Harvey Day and several other rescue workers went on to complain of health problems after working at the crash site. And these are supposedly similar to radiation poisoning. We don't get a ton of information on that though. We later hear from, Oh, this was perhaps the only mustache I drew in this episode. This was on Robert Cox, the union president. Do you remember this? Um, it's just a gray mustache. I literally yeah, I don't called think it I recall. boring oh. old stash. <laughs> That's, that sounds appropriate. All right. So another reason people find this sus- suspicious is that the crash records were sealed for 70 years. Um, and several institutions deny that these records even exist. So the speculation was that perhaps because of the arms on board, this is connected to Iran-Contra. Is this like arms we were illegally selling to Iran? People speculate that it is covered up to avoid national embarrassment or some sort of international incident or both. Strangely, the crash site was bulldozed three months after the crash, which is unusual, apparently. The military said they did that because they didn't want people to like go look for souvenirs. You know, like you do. And also the plane was not reassembled at a different site to study the crash. It was buried in a dump. Okay. But then I don't understand. So they say that. But then I don't understand this next piece of information. If if all the parts of the plane are buried in a dump, then I don't understand what happens next. So except that the organization Families for Truth About Gander, which was started by one of the deceased's father asked for portions of the plane and the government provided them i think it was i don't understand the dump part they were in the episode they talked about how normally planes are reconstructed after a crash which is not true (laughs) that happens sometimes but it's not always necessary to like Uh reconstruct an entire plane also if what they said was true which were there's which was that there was no large parts remaining of the plane they literally you can't piece together tiny bits of a plane like you can only yeah 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 there wouldn't be enough plane to even put together so i'm guessing they did dispose of a lot of the plane but they probably kept important parts but maybe there was a lot of it that wasn't even like of evidentiary value like i I don't know it was a it was weird to be like well they didn't put the plane back together but didn't you tell us earlier in the episode that there was pretty much no plane left (laughs) like what would they put together two pieces that kind of resemble the like that doesn't make any sense to me uh in the reenactment when we see the families for truth about gander get parts of the plane in the mail they're pretty large they're not huge but they're i don't know like the size of a refrigerator they're not tiny Anyway, no. so the, they had these studied by an expert. I don't know how you're an expert in that or where they found this expert. And the expert said that the outward puckered edges of the pieces of metal they were provided with showed that a blast had indeed occurred within the plane. All right. Uh, autopsies of several of the dead soldiers showed that they had high amounts of carbon monoxide in their lungs, which would mean that they had breathed it in prior to crash. 
which also suggests that there was uh, an explosion. This did lead to a congressional hearing in 1990, but the results of the hearing only scolded the poor post-crass investigation and didn't call for a new one. So that, I don't know, it's not particularly helpful. They're like, yeah, this is like not really well done, but oh well. Um, that's kind of the end of this segment. When I first was like, oh, military mystery, I honestly took a nap instead of watching it. <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty interesting. Um, if you're looking at Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, it doesn't have a lot more information. The results are unsolved. Um, it just says that military investigators claim there is no evidence to support an organization being involved, like terrorism. Um, some people believe that an accidental explosion occurred on board due to illegal explosives being stored on the plane. So, Samantha, I know you've watched a lot of air disasters it's one of travis and i watch have watched every season of air disasters it's true what is your take Uh, on this segment i'm deferring to you the expert i don't know that i have a take i went i meant to there's an episode of air disasters air disasters is on the smithsonian channel and travis and i really enjoy the show it's it's a depressing show most of the time because air disasters are obviously usually depressing lots of people die but the investigation is really interesting I, we really enjoy seeing how they investigate, you know, the what happened because it's very hard a lot of the times to figure out how a plane crashed because very rarely there's any survivors. Um, so there is an episode of Air Disasters about this, and I pulled, it, I didn't have time to rewatch it. Um, it's and it's been a while since I've seen it because it's in season three. Um, it's season three, episode ten. It's called Split Decision, and I was trying to remember. Because I think the result of this investigation is that they guess what it is, essentially. Like, their their best guess is that it was mm. ice, but they don't have... Because there was a malfunction in the, the pilot. I don't know if it was one pilot or both pilots' recorders didn't record. And so they didn't have as much information as they would normally oh. have because they didn't have, like, the voice recorder. And um, they... I think... The official explanation was that the plane was really heavy. I'm trying to remember. That it was really heavy and that normally a plane wouldn't have problems taking off with the amount of ice that accumulated on this. Because the plane didn't de-ice, which it should have, but it didn't. Um, But because of how heavy it was with all of the... Because the soldiers were coming back with tons of gear. um, you know, And I think they had extra whatever. The plane was too heavy. And so because of the weight in a combination with the ice buildup, that's why they speculated that it crashed. But it wasn't, I don't think the result of this was the same as some investigations where it's pretty definitive what happened. I think they were like, this is our best guess. And from that uncertainty is where a lot of these conspiracy theories came out of. And also like some of the actual investigators in the investigation dissented and wrote their own report. So I it honestly wouldn't surprise me if the government covered up what actually happened because so many service members over 200 uh soldiers died so it doesn't look great (laughs) for the military they were coming home for christmas some of these i remember from the episode of air disasters that a lot of them had like christmas gifts with them Uh. for their families like it's extremely sad um so this was basically a, a plane full of soldiers that crashed probably from pilot negligence if it was an explosion or something on the part of the military or if it was just that they didn't de-ice either way it looks really bad so it honestly wouldn't surprise me if there was a if they covered up something i don't think it was like terrorism i think 
there were some terrorist organizations did take credit for it, but they were able to pretty much prove that that wasn't the case. So it was either someone fucked up and they were like actually maybe transporting illegal weapons or maybe they were it wasn't necessarily shady, but they just fucked up how they were storing them or that the plane was overweight and they didn't de- like whatever happened it seems like it was negligence and so i guess it wouldn't surprise me if the military covered it up but um yeah so i i don't know that i have like a take but i that makes sense thought i liked watching the episode of unsolved mysteries because i don't know that like from the episode of air disasters that i had watched that i i got the full like conspiracy like I, they didn't cover like everything that unsolved mysteries did so i thought that was really interesting um so yeah i i don't know i this one's tr- truly a mystery i think in some ways i mean i i don't think it has to be something very nefarious just for the government to try exactly. to cover it up i think that's a good point that they wouldn't wa- they wouldn't want to be in trouble for negligence either so if they yeah should have de-iced or they you know didn't pay attention to being really overweight or whatever then i think they would still seal the records because they don't want to get in trouble with those families and it just looks bad you know um but i mean terrorists try to claim credit for disasters all the time i, I yeah i don't know that that really needs to be taken that seriously um the possible connection to Iran Contra is interesting, but I don't know that there's actually anything mm-hmm. there. It is mysterious. It's quite mysterious. I'll give it that. But really, I'm just I'm just waiting to get to the next segment. Oh my god. Okay. Samantha's <laughs> mystery. Okay, I was seriously like, I have no notes for this because as I was watching it, I was just texting, like live tweeting Samantha via text, like, <laughs> and now this. Oh my god, and now this. This is the best thing we have seen in Oh, why? This is honestly like it blew my mind. I'm gonna say right now, this is like legendary on the like magic rock level because I honestly can't believe this. I agree. (laughs) And the layers of it, and the like, you think that you've seen it all and it just keeps coming. It's, yeah, it's. Okay, let's get into it. Let's go. So this is Lost Love. We are looking for the brother. Which at first I was just like, oh, Samantha got a lost love. That's nice. She loves a lost love. And then I was like, oh, this is so much more than a lost love. It has so much to give. It keeps getting weirder. Okay, so Peggy Lloyd is looking for her long lost brother. Peggy Lloyd was the daughter of Lee Lloyd, who went by the nickname Curly. He served in the army during World War II. While he sign. was serving, not a good sign. Don't <laughs> go by sign. the nickname Curly. No, uh, no, yeah. And we're gonna see. It's even. It's even worse. So, uh, while he was serving his tour of duty, his wife divorced him and placed Peggy, her sister, and her younger bro- brother Arthur in a boarding home in Oroville, California. In 1944, she returned with her new husband to take what she said her children but only the girls she walks in and she's like i want my kids back but only the girls uh which is really sad they leave arthur behind and we see the saddest reenactment (laughs) we see the saddest reenactment of like the woman who runs the place holding arthur and just like the camera slowly backs away from her and sad music plays it's really depressing it's it's brutal we don't get a lot of like insight into that decision either why is this woman making her life so Sophie's choice, but like totally optionally? No, no, I'll only take the girls. Thanks. 
So I don't remember if this was in the episode or not, but I looked it up on Unsolved Mysteries Wiki and there, whoever wrote this is claiming that she left Arthur behind as a revenge against Curly. Uh, I'm not sure if it was because he loved his son the most or what, but... (laughs) Damn, that is brutal. I can't corroborate that because I don't think that was in the episode, but apparently it's it's a speculation. So Peggy grew up being told... That Curly had abandoned the family. When she asked questions about Arthur, her mother would change the subject. And she sometimes wondered if her little brother even existed. Because they were all very young at the time. So she searched hard for any trace of him. But then in the summer of 1948, she was looking through boxes in the attic when she stumbled upon a photo of a little boy. This attic honestly looks like I want to like spend a couple hours up there just like pulling treasures out. It's like full to the brim. More than a couple. Let me in! It looks like an estate sale, but it just in someone's attic. Uh, Anyway, so she finds this photo of a little boy and confronts her mother. It seems like she's still really young at this point. It was very brave of her to, like, go up to her mom and be like, uh, I found proof that I have a little brother. You need to explain yourself. Hey, mom, you're a lying bitch. And this photo proves it. (laughs) So at the age of nine, Peggy was sent to live in a foster home. At 17... She married and had four daughters. Oh, that's so many children. It's a lot of kids to have really young. In 1983, she decided to present her mother with a picture-filled genealogical chart. So she's been doing some work on this. And at this point, she decides, look, we're both adults now. My mom, like, this is going to, I'm going to make my mom take me seriously. Like, I'm not a little kid anymore. And it seems like her mom did. She was interested in seeing it. But when she brought up... Her, when she brought up Arthur and Curly, her mom was like very hesitant, but she did finally tell her that Curly's birthplace was Lindsay, Oklahoma. So I don't know why her mom is so fucking cagey about this. Like, I don't know why she couldn't just like tell her daughter what happened, but and we don't really ever get the story well, either. <laughs> if she hates Curly so much that she's willing to abandon her son, like, damn. And I, I, I guess, feel like yeah. when we learn more about Curly, I almost get it. <laughs> We're going to learn a very specific detail about Curly that, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, uh, maybe she was not it'll- completely in the wrong. So the next, <laughs> it'll all make sense. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, Peggy placed a newspaper ad in Lindsay looking for information about Curly and Arthur. Just nine days later, she received a letter from her aunt, Velma Lloyd, who is married to Curly's brother. She included her phone number and they soon got in touch over the phone. At this point, Peggy noticed that Curly had also sent her a letter. He wrote about how happy he was to hear from her and all. Oh, my God. And and after all the time had passed. At this point, Peggy finally learned where Curly has been all these years. Curly has been working as a clown for the Ringling Brothers circuses. Her father ran off to join the circus. (laughs) Because he's a motherfucking clown. That's why his name is Curly. It's the twist of all twists. And that letter is on fucking clown stationery. Not only is this guy a clown writing on clown stationery because his whole life is (laughs) clowning. He somehow lives on a street devoted to clowning. Clown Alley. I'm guessing he lives in some sort of, like, circus town. Because otherwise I cannot explain that name. But can you imagine getting a letter from your long-lost dad 
It's like, hello, dearest daughter. I have a deep, dark confession. Am I a serial killer? No, it's worse. I'm not sure he treated it I'm like a, a deep, dark confession. I, would I think he was proud that- of his clown career. <laughs> he has like, clown he photos all over his house. He should have. Because I, I would have taken that letter and I would have burned <laughs> it. And I would have called my mother and I would be like, I understand now. Thank you for trying to keep this secret from me that my father was a clown. She was trying to protect her. She didn't want her to know she has clown DNA. She's got clown blood running through her veins, Samantha. Imagine if he did just accidentally end up on, living on a street called Clown Alley. Like, this man was born. Someone gave him the name, the nickname Curly. I think the nickname Curly predated his career as a clown. I think that is what set him on this path. Like, don't call your kid Curly. They're going to end up being a clown. They're going to end up living on Clown Alley, writing, on, writing letters on clown stationery. I hate it. I hate it so much. Also, so they show a lot of photos of him from his clown days, but then like the reenactments of him as a clown are like the worst clown outfits I've ever seen. <laughs> I was not prepared. Liz, like I like she mentioned, pretty much told me how this entire segment went, but I was not prepared for what I was going to see. It's terrifying. It is Yeah, it's it's a gallery of horrors. I mean <laughs> they're not it, it's hard to, I understand that there's a reenactment, but it's hard to believe this would be a clown with Ringling Brothers because it looks like a two cent clown. Like, this does not look <laughs> like a, a cream of the crop clown. It looks like a clown you would hire to come to a kid's birthday party, which, why would you do that? Never do that ever. Um, oh, so gross. So gross. Oh, I understand why. I don't understand leaving Arthur behind. That seems cruel. But. Not wanting her daughter to know she was part clown. I get it. Have you heard of this trend? I don't know if it's a new trend or if it's something that's been going on for... I mean, this type of parenting has happened for a long time. But, like, where parents will, like, hire a clown to scare their children as, like, a punishment. Have you heard of this? Isn't there, like, a TV show or something with this as the, like, concept? I'm not really sure because I refuse to watch anything like that. That sounds like child abuse. It totally sounds like child abuse. There is, I think, a documentary on Hulu about Wrinkles the Clown, which is a, like, scary clown you can hire to, like, make your kids behave. And the Hulu just shows me this ad, which is no trigger warning, nothing. It's, like, a clown hiding under a kid's bed at night. Like, a clown just, like, coming out of a kid's closet. Is the state goal to traumatize a child, <laughs> your child for life? I guess that's how they think that that'll get their kid to behave. I was like, you better be writing them a fat ass check for all the therapy they're going to need for the rest of their life when an actual wrinkly, terrifying clown comes out from under their bed at night. It's like, oh, you stayed out past curfew. I'm going to hire a clown to scare the bejesus out of you. You will never be the same. Oh I don't. I don't have like a full on clown phobia, but I have never liked clowns. I find them creepy and just unacceptable. Like that's <laughs> not how you should be spending your time. I can't think of something I look down on more. And I have this very distinctive memory of being a little child and my grandmother trying to figure out like why I thought clowns were creepy. Well, she'd be just like, I like, wh- like what? Like what's wrong with you, child? Being like, is it the makeup? And I, I was something about like you shouldn't draw a happy face on your face. There's just something, yeah, that's not, pathological that's not right. about that. I hate it. 
that like your facial features could be neutral but you've like drawn on a smile that's terrifying to me no unacceptable behavior i was once at a gas station and a clown was pumping gas like in a full clown outfit (laughs) just turn around drive away i'll run out of gas on the side of the road before i stop here i made mac do it i was like i'm not getting out of the car I value my life too much. I've got too much to live for. I'm not going to. You go out there. You go out there with that clown. Absolutely no way. (laughs) And where did that clown live? Clown alley. Probably on Clown Alley. An alley? An alley's not good either. So you're taking clowns and an alley. Like, oh, an alley full of clowns? Wow, what a nightmare. They're just like (laughs) popping out of the dark. Oh. I, I. I understand why this woman was like, I cannot believe I had sex with a man who ran off to join the circus. I can never let anyone know my dark shame. <laughs> she had, Not only did she have sex with Curly the Clown, but she had sex at least three times because she has three kids <laughs> with Sarah, Curly the Clown. Of course she's ashamed, Samantha. Of course she doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> she wanted to take that secret to her grave. Despite having In a way, children. I don't blame her. No, I don't. I, I feel really I feel really bad about Arthur, but I don't blame her not wanting to tell people she had sex with a literal clown that would write people on clown stationery. He never stopped clowning. He's very proud of his clown career. <laughs> Clowning is a lifestyle. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so Peggy learned that Curly was a circus clown. He had been working for Ringling Brothers and other circuses. I feel like the photos we get of him that kind of look like a, a, a low rent clown maybe were from his time with other circuses. I think Ringling Bros were like that was like the peak of his clown career. He wasn't always with like okay, yeah, okay. the circus. I think he was with like I don't know. He was probably at like county fairs and stuff. In 1995 he or 1955, I'm sorry, he actually performed just five miles from where she was living in Southern California. In 1984, she was finally reunited with him and his family on his side. Uh, this was on her 43rd birthday. At the reunion, Peggy finally learned what happened to Arthur, which is that uh, what happened to Arthur shortly after their separation. So for four years, he actually traveled with the circus with Curly, uh, watching him perform. And we get like a lot of photos of little baby Arthur, like hanging out in like empty lion cages and like walking hand in hand with his dad dressed as a clown (laughs) no worst childhood i've ever heard no Mm -mm. he's like a little clown traveling with the circus with your dad being raised into clowndom no, that's oh. child abuse. Well, it didn't last. It only lasted four years. Uh, Curly had no idea where his ex-wife and daughters were living. His friends advised him that circus life was not a good life for a child and that he needed an education instead. Uh, so with reluctance, Curly gave Arthur, who was then six years old, to the care of a Catholic organization in Logan, Utah. The last information Peggy has on Arthur is that he was living in Colorado Springs, Colorado, around 1963. He had sent Curly two letters at that time. Peggy doesn't know his adoptive family's names, but she wants to find them. Uh, Curly passed away in 1991 without ever seeing Arthur again. Arthur okay, was but we born see him a- sick in his bed, dying <laughs> with thing. a portrait of a clown hanging above his bed. Yes! Yes! Let it go, Curly! 
He's seriously lying in bed, like clowning is a lifestyle. My only regret is that we never found Arthur, and also that I wasn't more serious about clowns. <laughs> As he's literally no, he didn't say that last part, but he's literally <laughs> dying under like an oil painting of a clown. Which, if that is how I die, I've already been to hell. I've already faced my greatest fears. Do you remember the episode of Kitchen Nightmares where the woman had that creepy holographic clown photo on the wall of their oh like shitty God, restaurant? Yeah. And when Gordon Ramsay is like, what the fuck is this? She's like, for some reason, customers don't really like this. And he's like, yeah, no shit. It's fucking creepy. <laughs> She's like, I've had many complaints, yet I've kept it up. He's like, why would you do that? Have you seen photos of the clown motel in Nevada? No. no. That sounds horrifying. In the like middle of nowhere, Nevada, literally by a cemetery, is a place called the Clown Motel. Which is just filled with like toy clowns. It's like a rundown shitty motel, but then you add clowns. And it's by a cemetery. I'm looking this up right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who would ever stay here? It's terrifying. How much money would it take, would I have to pay you to spend one night in the clown motel? A lot of money. I mean, I'm going to say like a million dollars. This is, you wouldn't survive. You wouldn't even make it out to spend that money because you'd get murdered by a clown. Does anyone leave this hotel? I, you know, I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. It is pretty bad yikes it's, <laughs> yikes. it's where all my nightmares come from <laughs> well unfortunately this this mystery is unsolved there's no clown reunion i kind of wanted to like have a re i wanted to see a re like turns out arthur followed in his father's footsteps and became a clown and in the, at their reunion no. he's like dressed as a clown but <laughs> oh, no. we don't really come full circle no. like that we, know, we don't know what happened to arthur I mean, I did definitely want Arthur's scoop. Like, how did he rebel about against his father? Did he become, like, a lawyer? Did he, you know, did he try to become the opposite of a clown? Or was he just, like, basically a clown? Just, like, not officially? Um, yeah, I hope. I hope <laughs> what does that I, look like? Being basically a clown, but not officially? <laughs> you know, just a guy. <laughs> you know, just a clown. Just like a run-of-the-mill clown without the just makeup. Just like most men. Yeah, just a man. Um, but yeah. I, I think Arthur just didn't want anything to do with this. He didn't want to claim his clown heritage. He was like, nope, I have a good life now. I want nothing to do with any of you. I don't want to inherit that oil painting. No thanks. Oh, I'm looking at a picture on Unsolved Wiki right now of <laughs> Curly the Clown as... You're right. You really shouldn't paint a smile on your face. It's no, really it's disturbing. It's really creepy. I'm going to stop looking at that now. Uh, <laughs> it's not something a like, you know, person in a good place mentally is doing. Painting facial features on their face. Like, that's just, no. <laughs> that's not how that, like, express yourself. Don't paint Part it on. to entertain children. Yeah. The only acceptable no. crown is Krusty the no. Clown because he's not very serious about <laughs> clowning <laughs> and is always just like gambling and smoking. He's fine. Krusty the Clown gets a pass. He's the only one. When I was a kid, the show Bozo was huge. 
And every kid just wanted to go on Bozo and play Bozo Buckets. And you had to, like, sign up when you were still pregnant to get your kid on that fucking show because the demand was so huge. And my parents did not do that. And every day I'm like, thank you. So glad I didn't go on Bozo. Mac did, though. <laughs> There's some episode oh, of, really? of Bozo with a... I don't think he got to, like, play anything, but he was there. So some episode of Bozo, oh, you can go legacy. through, find a childhood Mac, but... Fortunately, my parents knew better to subject me to that horror. Well, that's it. That's a, a clown lost love. Something I never expected. <laughs> the clown love. I'm still kind of not over that season of American Horror Story that I think was supposed to be the cult season. But it sort of felt like it was coming for me personally because it had it was about the 2016 election, which, of course, is a horror show. It was about clowns. but It was also about that fear of holes thing, which I totally have. So there was so there's lots of like horrible textures in it. And then at one point, a guinea pig dies. Oh, my God. That's like your personal. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard watch i was like why is this coming for me so hard why is this like everything i hate but then there was beekeeping which i like so anyway how will we get over the horror of clowns i feel like clowns are really not in vogue like we had those scary clowns coming out of the woods well because everyone's been traumatized as a child so at this point no one is like our generation like having families of our own are like we we're not going to subject our children to clowns we're not hiring a birthday clown yeah if your options are have a clown or do nothing like obviously do nothing like don't even have a party yes if you could have a party that has a clown or like just play xbox like obviously you'll play xbox like keep that keep that clown unemployed please i want the clown unemployment line to be so long (laughs) <laughs> the clown it's just a line of clowns outside a government building <laughs> but they're dressed in their clown outfits and the government's like good that's work. how I was picturing <laughs> and they're like good I'm glad you didn't work again here's your check okay <laughs> my only note for this was just clown alley two explanation points but I, I remember it all because it's burned into my brain for all eternity. Okay. We have another really good one. So this is a wanted segment. It's about the family of DeCloud, um, which is a religious cult in Liberty, Missouri. Uh, we're going back to September 17th, 1992. So this opens with Julie Cooper calling Tim Santy after midnight. <laughs> Uh, this is a virtual stranger who she had met only once when he came to prepare a satellite dish. So Julie calls Tim. Tim is, you know, in bed. The phone rings. He picks it up and it's this woman he's met one time going, um, could you come get me? Because this satellite dish company has the best service you've ever heard of. He agrees to come pick her up at 1.15 in the morning. Now, as you might have noticed, this guy is, he's sweet on Julie, right? I don't know that everyone would get, that got their satellite dish fixed would get such spectacular service. But I kind of was like, this is why you go with this guy's company and not Dish Network. Is Dish Network going to come rescue you from a cult at 1.15 in the morning? No. Tim Santee is <laughs> That's on the Google reviews for this company. Is like <laughs> This guy rescued me five from a stars. cult. 
You can call him literally after midnight and he will come get you no matter where you are. Yeah. So um, he arranged to pick her up at 1.15 in the morning. He drove up and found her hiding in the grass with a trash bag full of clothes. So she hops into the truck and screams, go, go, go. Uh, so she later it's tells- very dramatic. Yeah. She tells him that she's been trapped in this cult for her whole life. It's called the DeCloud family. She's 16 years old and she was born into this cult and has had trouble um, leaving. So we leave a little because it's a cult. Okay. So we learn a little bit more about him. It's about 30 people, men, women, and children living together in a commune. Um, the show draws some parallels to the Branch Davidians and Waco because that was a big story at the time. Um, and Robert Stack tells us that they so Robert Stack is like on a farm and he tells us that there are approximately 2,000 religious cults in the country at that time. I have no idea if that was true then or is true now. I'm guessing there's even more now. Um, and that many are run by self-proclaimed messiahs. And the DeCloud family is no different. It was run by Nelson DeCloud, who, surprise, surprise, was an ex-police officer from Raytown, Missouri. The cult was actually formed by his father, Forrest DeCloud, in 1968. But he died in 1988, and after taking over, Nelson moved everyone to a farm in Liberty and also had his followers change their last name to DeCloud, like they were the fucking Ramones or something. Um, so Nelson was claimed that he was one of God's sons. So he wasn't, like, literally Jesus. He just, like, was also a son of God, I guess. Now, this is when things start to get dark. We learned that when Julie was 10, DeCloud forced her to watch him have sex with a member of the cult. Um, she didn't want to have sex with him, you know, being a 10-year-old and also him being a gross old cult leader man. So he left her in a field for eight hours. This is horrible. She, and the reenactment is literally just like her in a nightgown shivering in a field and she's like when will you come back for me and he's like god will tell me when to come back i was like i'm pretty sure god would tell you to do none of this ever god would tell you to go into a cave and never come out okay so because she wouldn't have sex with him she was just like left in a field uh for eight hours um and then her mom was like publicly humiliated because her daughter was disobeying him so he like makes everybody watch him cut off her hair for standing up for Julie. I'm not even sure that was her mom. It was just a woman in the cult. Um, so this woman like stood up for Julie and was probably like uh, a literal child does not want to have sex with you. Stop it. So he humiliated her in front of everyone. This made Julie feel so bad that she quote stopped fighting off the cloud. Super gross. Um, so, of course, Julie had tried to run away, but when she did that, the DeClouds organized a search party to find, and they, like, you get this reenactment of them, like, literally pulling her into a truck while she's screaming. Um, she was then brought back to the farm, forced to disrobe, burn all her clothes and shoes, and then was severely beaten. After that incident, she was always with DeCloud or being watched by someone else because they didn't want her to try to escape again. In 1992, this is when she's 16, Julie was tasked with finding someone to fix the satellite dish. So she, which Mac just thought was really funny that this guy was like on this farm, living in a commune, trying to get back to nature. But he was like, but I do need Comedy Central. So <laughs> let's make sure we get that. Sat- <laughs> let's make sure we get that satellite dish installed. I'm not going without cable. 
just to lead you people to my weird, weird version of Christ. Um, so Julie was in charge of finding someone to fix the satellite dish, which meant she ended up talking to Tim on the phone several times before he arrived, but she hadn't told him like what was going on or there was a cult or anything. So he shows up and is like, okay, this is kind of weird. <laughs> like what's going on at this farm? But then he's like introduced to Nelson and they're like, and here is our, I don't know, father or whatever they call him. Nelson DeCloud. And Tim's like, yeah, whatever. Like, why, why do I care? And Julie is super impressed inspra- that he treats him like a normal person and doesn't show him like reverence level of respect. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, because Julie's been here literally her whole life. Like she doesn't have any other frame of reference. So Tim had asked her to go out on a date, but she knew that she couldn't go because, you know, she lived in a cult. So she said that she couldn't go for a year <laughs> to, like, hold him off, which I don't – it's just kind of adorable. Um, but then she ends up calling him and asking to get picked up. So he – and I guess, like, maybe part of the phone call, she was like, I could go on that date right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> one in the morning. Hey, you still want that date? But, you know, he, he was sweet on her. I think it's all very cute. So she, um, we hear from Julie in the present of Unsolved Mysteries talking about how um, she hopes that DeCloud is found because she's worried about her mom and also that her mom might have been punished for her escape. Um, so we see Tim, like, take her home to um, where he is living. And then at dawn the following day, DeCloud it goes out looking for Julie. Him and another man from the cult are dressed like police officers and they just barge into the house that they think um, is Tim's house. But really, twist, it's Ted's house, his brother. And apparently they live side by side. Tim and Ted so live next to Ted's house. I know! I was like, are they twins? What's happening? So... So DeCloud and this other guy just burst into this guy's Ted's house and are shining a flashlight in his face while he's sleeping, demanding to know where Tim and Julie are. I think he already knows, but he's like, what are you talking about? And then he realizes that they're not cops. So he picks up a baseball bat and chases them out of the house, (laughs) which is the best reenactment ever. Like he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, your cops, where's your warrant? And they're like, we don't need a warrant. And he's like, you guys aren't even cops. And then he literally chases them out with a baseball bat because they're both like old men, way too old to be cops. Anyway, they're both like, oh, no, <laughs> running out of the house. Well, uh, Tim and Julie are just innocently sleeping backstairs uh, next door. I mean, so uh, we get a reenactment of Julie explaining the situation to Tim and Ted the next day, which must have been a really wild ride. But in the reenactment, it ends with them being like, okay, so, you know, what happened to you there? And Julie goes, they beat and raped me. And then Ted goes, do you want to go back? <laughs> Bitch, <laughs> what? I don't think so. I think that's, what I- that's what she called a man. She met one time to come pick her up in the middle of the night. They, they beat and raped me. Oh, do you want to go back? No! <laughs> I want to burn that place to the ground and dance on the ashes. Of course, I don't want to go back. That's why I'm here. You're literally the only other people I know. Oh, my God. Ted, he seemed nice, but if he's really, I don't know. That's quite a question. Okay. So they took her to talk to the authorities to at least get restraining orders against the other cult members so that they would quit coming to try to catch her again. 
Which I sort of feel like they didn't even realize, like, I don't know, beating and raping people is a crime. They're like, let's go to the authorities and get a restraining order. It's like, you could also, like, I don't know, charge them with crimes. Right. Um, so the the officer that's in charge of the case is like, yeah, at first it was hard to even, like, parse out which crimes we were going to focus on because there were so many crimes. <laughs> Like they could, they're like, oh, whoa, 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 slow down. Like, what crime are we going to charge the cloud with first? Because his whole life has just been crimes. Um, So they were focusing on the rape charge. But before the cloud could be arrested, he had loaded everyone into these three buses and left. So the mystery really was just, where is the fuck is the cloud? We need to go get this son of a bitch. Fortunately, Unsolved Mysteries does yet another good deed the viewers call in and say he's in texas come get him oh so satisfying so also decloud tried to wrestle the officers during his arrest which god damn i would love to see that it sounds like he wasn't very good at it though he attempted the the woman the fbi agent they interviewed for the show said this with a smirk she was like he tried to put up a fight but let's be real i know and i love it i love it so much um and also, because after the segment aired, former members of the cult came forward because they wanted to testify against him. But then, okay, so in this update, it's so satisfying. You learn, Unsolved Mysteries does it again. Solves mystery. We got to Cloud. He is a loser old man <laughs> who tried to wrestle the police and failed spectacularly. And you're like, yes! And then you're like, other former cult members have banded together to testify against him. Yes! The Cloud, convicted of rape, served 20 years before dying in prison yes but then the best part is that jilly and tim are still together and they got engaged at the time of this unsolved mysteries update and so they're sitting together in the flashiest trashiest shirts you've ever seen like holding hands because he came and saved her from a cult and it's just the purest love story ever told I love it. It's the best Unsolved Mysteries update that we've seen. Bar none. Okay, let's see what Unsolved Mysteries Wiki has to say. Results captured. Several viewers reported seeing DeCloud's wife in San Angelo, Texas. The cult had apparently settled in a farmhouse in the area. When state and local agents arrived at the home, DeCloud kicked out a screen of the upper bedroom and tried to flee. However, he was quickly arrested after a brief struggle. He was extradited to Liberty, Missouri to stand trial for criminal counts, including forcible rape. Since the arrest, several other members of the cult came forward, corroborating Julie's statements and alleging further abuse. In September of 94, Nelson DeCloud was convicted of all four criminal counts. The presiding judge at the trial followed the jury's recommendation and subsequently sentenced DeCloud to 220 years in prison. DeCloud refused to appeal his case. He later died from natural causes on April 4th, 2014, in his prison cell. Good. I don't Good. have any notes if Julie and Tim are still together, so I get to just believe that they are and that it's a romance for the ages. I mean, this episode, this segment is really dark. Uh, really dark, but it has the happiest ending <laughs> that it could possibly have given the circumstances. It's so satisfying. Like... You see Julie, she's escaped this horrible life where literally she didn't know anything else. Like her whole education, her whole world experience had been this very tiny, insular, abusive cult. 
But you see that she laughed and could, you know, could think for herself and and got her own freedom and went on to make her the slave with Tim. And it's so good. I'm a little bit sad I wasn't invited to their wedding. I mean, I realize that would have been a while ago, but I would have got them such a good gift. <laughs> okay, so we do get a sort of unnecessary the only last thing in this episode is a sort of unnecessary update which is about i can't remember her name i'm sorry but about the girl who was looking for her best friend who treated her well even though she had polio and we get to see a little bit more of their reunion when they redo this including you may recall from that segment that both of them we got a lot of like juicy middle school gossip oh yeah in that segment like oh, this girl dated David, and then she also dated David. And it's like, we were like, why do we need to know any of this? Well, that kid they both dated called in. So they got to talk to him on the phone. (laughs) And very creepily, he's like, oh, it's the two girls who taught me how to kiss. Okay, David. Is David, did David (laughs) be a clown? (laughs) He was calling in from Clown Alley. This is what I mean when I just say, like, not a professional clown, just a clown. (laughs) That would be him. Gross. David, gross. (laughs) Yes, we have to rate this episode. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Mysteriousness. Pretty mysterious, mostly due to the crash plane. We know where the cult is, but we don't know where Arthur is. We don't know if he just was like, I don't want anything to do with this clown life or something terrible happened to him or I don't know. He's a spy now. Like, who knows? It could be anything. So pretty mysterious. Um. So yeah, thumbs up. Uh, reenactments. <sighs> this one's hard because some of those reenactments have clowns. <laughs> so how do you rate that? I feel like it's just a biohazard symbol. It's not a thumbs up. It's not a thumbs down. It's like toxic waste. Proceed with caution. Out. You're going to see some poor co- clown costumes in the reenactment. I kind of loved the cult reenactment, so I like flirty uh, satellite installation. Uh, yeah, I put butt clowns. So yeah, proceed with caution. Absolutely. Fashion? Fashion? What <laughs> some of those are clown fashions? Yeah. So, another proceed with again, caution. Again. <laughs> I don't know how else. Some of those fashions are the fashions of a clown. No. Mm, no. Hard pass on clown fashion. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do think Robert Stack might get a thumbs up, though, because he's in a, quite a few different locales. They're all very, like, atmospheric with the blue light and the fog. Um, it's pretty good stack, I think. I would say so. For the uh, air disaster segment, he's standing in, like, a giant maybe an airplane hangar maybe just a big warehouse but he has a photo of literally every person that died in that disaster like propped up in that warehouse so you can just see like the magnitude of how many people 248 people really is um so yeah thumbs up plus you get yeah spooky wood stack plus i think robert stack had to hear someone say that that they were talking to the two girls that taught him how to kiss so and he sort of insinuates that all farms are cults, which oh, oh, I'm going to tell you right now, not all farms are cults, okay? Like, some farms just are farms. Robert Stack's wrong about that. He wouldn't know. He's living a very, like, plush life on his five gold yachts, but some people just, like, have chickens. So, thumbs up for Robert Stack. Uh, Overall, I mean, on our Robert Stack scale of zero to five, I'm 
I'm dying to know what you what you're gonna give this one. This is the best episode we have seen in it's a true. minute. Like this is magic rock level. The only thing that could have made it better is if we had gotten a fourth mystery and not an update. But then that update had some more juicy gossip for us. So I'm going to say 4.5. Yeah. I don't know that it's a 5, but it's close. I mean, is anything else going to cause me not to take any notes because I'm too busy texting Samantha on (laughs) Clown Stationery from Clown Alley? Like, (laughs) it's really a gem. It's really a jewel in the desert. It sure is. It sure is. I loved this episode. Worth watching, despite, for sure. Despite the fact that I had to see a bunch of clowns. I mean, that's how good it is. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good episode. <sighs> I wish they could all be this good. <sighs> Sadly, no. I kind gonna... of wish this was the last episode of the season, so we would be ending on a really high note, because you know there's no way. We've got one more episode of the season, and there's no way it's going to compare to this. It's not going to be able to top this. Unless someone finds out that both of their parents were secret clowns or something. It's like, I was put up for adoption. I'm looking for my biological parents. Oh, my biological parents are both clowns, and they conceived me in a clown car? <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> the only way I could top it. <laughs> oh, what a nightmare. Oh. <laughs> Mom and Dad, if you were ever a clown, please don't tell me. I'm a slightly concerned because my mom went to Illinois State, which did have a circus. And she lived in the circus dorm. Oh, is was this, your mom secretly a clown? Is this a dark family secret? Or did she just want to live around people who would randomly breathe fire? Well, I mean... Or... Let that let that secret stay buried, Mom. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Yeah, we're. I think you're probably better off. Okay. So we go to the recommendations portion of the show to wrap things up. I did have a couple recommendation updates, if I can think of them. Oh, one is that the second season of Pen15 is on Hulu now. What a gift during these dark, bleak times. Thank you, Hulu. Thank you. It's it's so I finished it last night. I had a there's only seven episodes or only half an hour. So I was only watching one a day. I really had to pace it out. It was totally worth it. It's very good. Very charming. Very moving. Very funny. Couldn't recommend it more. Uh, if you remember us talking about Witch Baby, their Halloween collection is out. It's, it's fire. I got a couple products from that, and they just smell like heaven. I got this Frankie um, hand solve. It's just like the crispest green apple. Oh, oh that sounds so lovely. Good. So um, I got the Frankie hand solve, which smells like the crispest, greenest apple. It smells so good. I wanted to get that as the scrub, but of course it was sold out. Their stuff does sell out really quickly. I also got the um, hollow mass body oil. If you like a pumpkin spice scent, I wish I had bought the bigger bottle. It's so good. And I got a little boo body butter that's like a sweet marshmallowy kind of thing. Oh my God. So good. So good. Okay. My actual recommendation is really short and sweet, but there is some evidence. There was a study at the University of Chicago Medical Center that um, vitamin D deficiency makes you more prone to catching COVID and also the severity of your co- of COVID. So my recommendation is that everybody take vitamin D. 
And if you live somewhere like Minnesota, where maybe you're not going to be seeing the sun for a while, like definitely consider it. I I don't, a doctor once told me that most women are deficient in vitamin D. I don't know if that's really true. I know that that's something that I have a problem with. So I'm already taking vitamin D. It is a vitamin that you can't have too much of. So I should probably tell you to like go to your doctor and get it tested and something, something. But I don't know. I know not everybody can do that. But um, yeah, that's something to look to, into. And I, I don't think it could hurt, really. If you just take the recommended dose. Your body needs vitamin D, and it seems like that will help you not catch COVID or at least it not be as bad. So I want everybody that listens to the show to stay nice and healthy. Maybe go ask your pharmacist what brand of vitamin D you should take. That's my recommendation. recommendation. Because I saw that and I was like, well, that seems like a simple thing. Um, Yeah, please don't get COVID. Don't get sick, everybody. Yes, please. Please try. Not to get sick. We don't want any of our five listeners to get sick. Um, that's a good recommendation. Thanks for that reminder. So your uh, recommendation update reminded me, and maybe everybody already knows this, but I just discovered last night that there's a new season of Great British Baking Show out. Um, oh. Not the full season, though. Apparently, they're releasing. It's so Netflix. I don't know if this is the first time Netflix has ever done this, but um, so the season is currently out right now in the UK, and they, it airs on Tuesday in the UK, and it's available on Netflix on Friday. So there's one episode out. I think it premiered last Friday. Um, so what, by the time you're listening to this, it's Thursday. So tomorrow there's going to be another episode of Great British Baking Show. Apparently, th- this isn't my recommendation. It just reminded me that th- Netflix has blessed us <laughs> with a season of the Great British Baking Show in these trying times. Thank you. Apparently, thank you. So that they could film this during COVID, they got the contestants to. I assume they all got tested, and then they just lived on the grounds of like. Oh, where yeah. they film the show just for the in- the entire time so they could film a season of Great British Baking Show. So uh, if you're looking for something to watch and it's like going to be a weekly thing now on Netflix, maybe check that out. What a blessing. D- I know, right? It was really exciting. And we were really confused because we were like, why is there only one episode? What's happening? And I Googled it and I re- it, it's out now. So that's why. Um, so thank you, Netflix, for that. Um, my actual recommendation is a different Netflix show that Travis and I watched Uh, just finished last night and this isn't going to be for everybody but we really enjoyed it Um, so I thought I'd recommend it because I really don't have anything else (laughs) to mention Um, it's the Netflix show that just came out this year called The Letter for the King and before I go any further I'm going to acknowledge that this is a show for kids (laughs) this is like a young adult tv show it's like tv pg it's not for little kids it's there's some like more mature themes like there's some death it's not gory or anything um but it, it, it's pg but probably like a a younger young adult audience is what the show is made for but we really liked it so the reason we watched this show in the first place is because we attempted to watch netflix original show cursed have you seen the no. show or the, the the hype for the show so I feel like it's fizzled out because this show is trash garbage, it, but it was pretty hyped because it was like, I think Netflix spent like a small fortune making the show cursed. And it was kind of being like hyped as like the next big, like fantasy, epic fantasy show. Game of Thrones wasn't said, but that's kind of like the feeling I got in seeing the marketing okay. materials. Okay. We like that kind of shit, but we tried to watch it and we got through most of the season until I tapped out because it's the worst show I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> this is like also an unrecommendation for that show because so it's ostensibly uh an 
uh, King Arthur retelling. I'm like, okay, this might be good. No, every episode introduces new plots and new characters that are never explained. The main character is supposed to be cursed, but honestly, we watched almost the whole season. I still couldn't really even tell you why or how or what has to do with the plot or really what the plot even is. It's so bad. The acting is terrible and it's just like so confusing because the whole time you're like, we're six episodes into this thing. I still don't even know what's happening. So (laughs) that was trash. And so we we gave up on that show. entirely and so then travis found this show and he's like we should try this and i'm like this isn't gonna be any better it's like for kids we're not we don't normally watch kids shows but actually we really liked it it's not like deep you know it's not like the most unique thing i've ever seen but it was entertaining okay the the plot of the show and there's it's calls itself season one and it kind of ends on a little cliffhanger so i think there might be more seasons but season one is um this like medieval setting and there's different kingdoms but there's like the main it's like game of thrones there's like the main kingdom and then there's like of the seven sure. kingdoms or whatever some of the kingdoms historically are like warring but there's like a main king and his one of his he has two sons one of his sons is has been off on what he thinks waging this war um on his behalf but in reality he's been like waging the secret war and like killing his father's allies and using dark magic to like bring about this end of the world prophecy and his father doesn't know anything about it mm. but there's this knight that's trying to stop him but the knight in this isn't a spoiler the knight dies and at the same time there's these kids who are like going through this like rite of passage to become knights and the main character stumbles upon this dying famous adult knight who gives him like with his dying breath or whatever this letter that he needs to bring to the king to like save the world and so the whole season is the main character's journey uh to get this quest to get this letter to the king so it's a pretty basic concept the plot isn't like super in depth or anything or complex but it's entertaining because it's for kids you never feel like that scared for the main characters so it's kind of like a low stress <laughs> tv show sure. to be watching yeah, yeah. um if you have kids i mean this might not be for you necessarily but if you have kids i think they would really like this if they're you know old enough to see some death there's no like gore there's really little blood um there's no swearing or sex it's pg um But there's like some kid friendly themes like friendship and like parental expectations and like what it means to be brave. There's like all those like kid concepts that are in like YA books and things like that. Um, It's I don't know. We we it made me smile. We watched the last episode last night and the ending was fine. Um, But it was like a bit feel good, a bit fun. I don't know. We liked it. I think if a second season comes out and who knows if it will or not, I don't know how popular the show was, but if a second season comes out, I think we'll probably watch it because we were entertained by it. And I just kind of couldn't believe that the show like that was clearly much more low budget for kids (laughs) was like so much better than that other show Netflix put out where I'm like, what are you doing with this show? Netflix just throwing everything in the kitchen sink in here. That's hilarious. Yeah. I was like, how is the show for kids like clearly better? What I will say is that one thing we noticed, which is really funny, is that in both of these shows, the main villain is like this like brooding, like emo character that looks like far too modern for medieval times. And I don't know if that's like a trend with these shows or not, but it's a little ridiculous. So you might laugh at like the main villain who doesn't seem that villainous, but whatever. Don't you know that the real villain is My Chemical Romance? That's the real I villain. It literally <laughs> looks like he could be the front 
man for my chemical romance i'm not kidding and the whole time we were watching the show almost every episode i mentioned it and travis was like i get it he's emo i don't know what to tell you samantha that's one joke so that's a little silly but <laughs> it's I'm still into it, I still, we still liked it yeah that's nice yeah we liked it don't watch cursed watch the letter from the king and if like i said if you have kids i think they'd like it it seems like a good pl- palate cleanser Sometimes the weight of the world. I'm really trying to do less doom scrolling, and it's hard. So maybe me too. too. It's hard. I'll just like catch myself. Like Liz, you're not gonna find something that makes you feel better. You're only gonna find shit that makes you feel worse. So maybe a little PG entertainment is what we all need. That in the Great British Baking Show. But you're only gonna get one episode a week, so you gotta find something else. It gives you something to look forward to, like like old TV days. That for sure. Yeah. All right. So that is the end of everything. I think I assume you're ordering a poster right now and you're you're not going to be disappointed. Okay. so what do we need to tell you? You can uh, follow us on social media, Instagram, see me fight people on Twitter. Uh, We have multiple Facebook groups now because we're so cool. Uh, What we desperately need is if you have any spooky stories, if you've had any psychic dreams. If you've solved any mysteries, be sure to write us at perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com because we are going to be making a listener story episode very soon and we don't have a ton of stories. So get on it. What else do we need to tell the, the good folks at home, Samantha? We have a Patreon. We are listening to this. It's, I think, October by now. So our most recent Patreon episode should be out where we cover the final two episodes of the first set of episodes for the Unsolved Mysteries reboot. Thank you to Rob from Our Strange, the formerly of Our Strange Skies, um, for joining us on that episode to give us some UFO insights. It was really fun recording that. And we will be covering the next six episodes. I think we're going to do something a little more fun in between to take a little break. And if you want access to that awesome content, you only have to give us a dollar a month. It's a great deal. Yeah. Um, And that is patreon.com slash I think perhaps it's you as spelled wrong. So just search for it, I guess, <laughs> on Patreon. You'll find us. Or you can uh, find it on our website. Yeah, you can look at it. Look us up on the website. Uh, you'll see our, our Patreon. Um, it's a great deal. And it's, there's a lot of extra content on there. So check it out. And then the last note is that you should definitely give us a five-star review. We only accept five-star reviews. So you could do that through Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict or even Facebook. I don't know. Tell your friends to listen to this great show. If we have any new listeners, because we have been doing uh, underwriting on Radio K, I just want to say hi, because it was so exciting to hear about us on the radio. So I hope someone from that tuned in. And hello to you, Radio K listener. Hey, welcome welcome to the five welcome. you're one of the five listeners now we welcome you i think that's pretty much it if you have not watched this episode yet i mean you know what you're doing today you've got to watch it you've got to see those clown looks <laughs> you've got to see it you really need to see it and stay away from clown alley jesus christ don't go oh, there yeah, if your life depends that. on it yeah Poof. okay uh keep barking everyone bye <laughs>